0: Alright, okay. silence is live. We're good.
1: Hello, and welcome to Let's Drone Out. And we start the show with none other than, obviously, me. And we've got Tony. Bonjour. I'm, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm Jack, bright until the fly. And then uh, get your Axio-Racial in a twist. I'd be crazy. Also, agree. <laughs> How's here. your game?
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, it took um, half you- hour to get this thing working, and it's still not working right, so... This is the best you're going to get. I might be an antenna twister, but when it comes to PCs, yeah, that's not my forte.
1: <laughs> I have a bone to pick with you. As soon as you're on the show, I am on you. Um, right. <laughs> I'll be right
0: back to you, so that, 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 this is yeah. your
1: <laughs> Why do you make the left hand? What happened to the air screw? God damn it. Because now we've got the big plastic thing, and I immediately buy your antennas, stick it in a vise, crack the lid off. Can't we just get the standard ones? I've broken a lobe on my, my goggles, right. and I preferred them without the cover. And I'm really sad about it.
0: Well, the, believe it or not, the cover, it's the same antenna underneath, and you don't have to put it into a vise. All you have to do is pull the – there's a bead in the bottom. It's a ferrite choke. All you do is you pull the, the, the bead down, the cover will literally pop apart. Once That, that bead is a lock that locks the cover. Yeah, together.
1: just pull it oh. out. Yeah, yeah, but I've noticed when you do crash, that's like a little bit of a weird because, like the original one, don't make me get up because I will get up and get mine. The other, <laughs> the there's sure like I a g- There, I got lost. Yeah, there,
0: that's a disrespect, though.
1: But whatever. Yeah, hang on. I'm gonna. I uh, don't. Ah, <laughs> I might have to. So basically, when. You know, the antenna lobes, and then you've got that little gap where the case goes, and then right. you've got the choke, whereas the old one, the choke was right at the top, so when you crashed, you didn't have this little weak, exposed little bit. That's, right. That's why. Oh, I so.
0: see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. The way I yeah. ran, that we did the race spec, it's yeah, but the race that, that's protected there. I see what you're saying. I see exactly mm-hmm. what you're saying.
1: Yeah, I don't I I I don't like the race spec They're a bit they're thinner, thinner gauge wire, aren't they?
0: Ah, uh, yeah. Gauge, uh,
1: coaxial. There's so, also
0: the Bluebeam Classics we have out that have the have a much thicker cable on them. Yeah. Uh,
1: Why don't you do cuz I'm I'm left-handed. I'm all about the left, the left-hand polarization. Right. Like, you know, you just us lefties, you've left out. You You're left all right-handed. That.
2: That's all it is. Yep. Yeah, Probably. the uh,
0: The left hand, um, the reason why I don't do everything in left hand as right hand is people get confused very, very easily. So I have the left-handed air blade and the right hand and then the right-handed air screw. Um, That way, all air blades are left-handed. All air screws are right-handed. And almost nobody wanted them exposed. Almost nobody wanted to see an exposed antenna. They always wanted the cover on them. So I made the cover removable. However, whenever you remove the cover, you've got to push that bead all the way back up to the top and either glue it or heat shrink it in place Yeah, to, to protect it. Otherwise, you can break the cable up there. Because the Bluebeam Ultras and the Airblades, they were never meant for multirotors. They were designed before multirotors really got popular. Um, they were designed for airplanes that don't flip over and crash on top of their antennas. So for the yeah. multirotors we got the race spec and the duraspec. Um, so you get a nice low profile of the race spec. If you, you know, if, if the antenna is protected or, um, you know, or you don't tend to crash really hard or the Dura spec is your practice antenna that you can, might've seen the video where I went and bashed the ever living yeah. out of it with a baseball bat and ran it over with a car. Like or video. It, yeah. Lit it on fire. I did like everything to that thing. So, um, and then the Bluebeam Ultra basically and the, the air blades were left as my, um, they were really meant for fixed wing. They work, they obviously work great for multirotors. I use them on my uh, multirotors. i got a Y6, a couple of quads, and a couple of tricopters. I use them uh, because I protect them a little bit from the cable getting sheared off. Uh, one, of the, one of the biggest problems that we had, um, is when people started putting the antennas right on top of the frame frame designers said oh convenient place to put an antenna right to the top of the frame the very thing that gets when, when the frame flips over what does it land on right on that point making the antenna the break point. Um, now when the batteries go up there the antenna fine because the battery takes the impact, uh, but when the battery goes underneath. Well, now the antenna takes the impact. And it's actually better to put the antenna underneath your aircraft if you're flying a multi rotor, if your battery's under there, because it'll protect it. So mm. um, that was kind of the thing as we went, all of my antennas specialize in something Airblades, Bluebeam Ultras, they specialize in ultimate top notch performance. The Dura spec is durability, the Race spec is a compressed version of the Bluebeam Ultras and the Airblades. So yeah, you can take the cover off, but the problem is they're not as durable um, because the durability is supposed to be in the cover. They're not as durable once you take cover off. But the, the, yeah. but the um, race spec is the same antenna, believe it or not. The only difference is, yeah. is we've up the cable inside of a piece of heat shrink to act as a choke rather than use the uh, ferrite bead. Mm. So you can still, yeah. you, take a, you take a race spec you cut the heat shrink tubing and stretch it out, and there you got a blue beam ultra again. You yeah. know, um, there you go, gang.
1: Yeah, because I well, I I just missed the yeah, I just missed the old you know the old ones because they they were quite durable with the the choke right at right at the top you know, yeah. and it's kind of it's kind of nice not to have to take that off because you know some people might want them the receiver end and it's that has been my my weapon of choice. I bought bought them from iDrone here in the UK. And they came in a little as a as a pair, and yeah. the only i mine came unscrewed before it broke that's how I lost my video oh antenna.
0: okay you, did you uh, so you've got an older revision you've got a really old rev then um yeah you see that you know how we have the finger wrenches now right Have you seen? yeah
1: the, yeah. Uh, yeah the um yeah the plastic ones yeah and and yeah they cut out yeah I'm I've, I've been doing this a while, man. I remember when you first released them and he, he got them and I I bought them, heard everything about them. And, um, you know, everyone's using the Triumph now, which is you as well.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm still using it. I mean, I don't use the Triumph because I, uh, you know, it's a good antenna, but it's a jack of all trades, master of none. I, I prefer something that specializes in what I'm about to do. And usually mm. it's, I put my aircraft in places it just doesn't belong, um, and that's when you put an aircraft in places it doesn't belong. You want performance, so I'm going to grab the Airblade, or I'm going to grab a race spec. Uh, now I fly left-handed too; I'm a lefty pilot, um, so I'm going to grab an Airblade race spec, or I'm going to grab a full-sized Airblade because I'm going to put my aircraft, you know, behind a building, through trees. Who knows where I'm going to put this stupid thing? So. Mm. Um, in that case, I need, I need a little bit more performance than the Triumph delivers. But if I'm going to go out and attempt to run a multi-rotor race and, you know, let's say I didn't protect my antenna the way I do, I would I'd run a DuraSpec because it's more durable than the, than the Triumph. You know, the Triumph is a jack of all trades, master of none. It does everything well, but it specializes in nothing. I mean, I, I equate that to... Um, I equate that to the, the average family car, you know, the average family car, you can do almost anything with it, but it doesn't do anything particularly well. It's, you know, if you want fuel efficiency, you go with a motorcycle, or if you want, you know, if you want to haul stuff, you go with a pickup truck. Can you haul stuff in a family car? Sure. Just not so much. So it's kind of Mm -hmm. the, the in between that kind of fits everything. Um, And that was the, that was the point we didn't, when uh, Raphael and I uh, started working on it, we wanted it to encompass all pilots as you, this doesn't specialize in anything. It just works well and it does well for everything. It just doesn't perform. Its performance isn't quite as good as the Bluebeam Ultras, but it's more durable. Um, It's not as durable as the Duris spec. But it performs a little better, so it, it kind of fit the middle ground where mine all specialized in something, and that was the idea. Um, and honestly, I'm really happy with it. I'm very happy with that product.
1: Yeah, because um, you know, I, I remember your first, you know, your first video of like showing us how to make the the cloverleaf antenna and saying like right. David does this method, David Winterstall, everyone, God right. bless him, oh, and I love- um, <laughs> yeah such a such a good guy um yeah and and like you know you, you're like one of the people who have really like not only given a lot to the hobby but really done something that changed its direction you know such a game changer like not just know, an, not
2: just in antennas in in lots more
0: and you know the thing yeah. is, is that hasn't sunk in yet the impact that that has I always feel that I'm just an engineer, you know, and another pilot. It's the, the impact that it had on FPV. It really hasn't fully sunk in yet. I mean, as long as I've been doing this um, and I think that's a good thing um, more than a bad thing. It, 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 it it, it, it helps me not get a, you know, get a big head. It, It helps remind me that I'm, you know, I'm still prone to error. I still screw things up. But on the other hand, um, you know, it's very hard. I mean, FPV is, it's a worldwide community. And of course, I'm interfaced with people that I see, you know, every day, you know, that I fly with every day. Um, You know, and and every time I go to a different place, I start going, wow, I, I can't believe my little innovation made it all the way out here. So, it it really hasn't sunk in, strangely enough. Um, yeah,
1: like, like Middle but, England, yeah, you know, the UK. Yeah, that's it. Us us Limeys, you know, like the motherland. You know, we all run our and run your antennas. I mean, that must be really strange. You're limited to twenty
0: five milliwatts. You're limited to twenty five milliwatts. You don't have a choice. No. <laughs>
1: we, we, yeah, about that. Uh, yeah, definitely limited.
2: Uh, um, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> yeah, I've I, I, I got twenty five yeah well you're I legally
0: need to... limited to 25 milliwatts. not that anybody really checks that no but yeah, we, uh, we're
1: savages here you know if it weren't for you teaching us how to walk upright and you know be like this <laughs> antenna good yeah. this antenna bad you know yeah well what i'm we'll find... be still bashing rocks together you know and being like well, ah, ah.
0: there's some merit to that
1: <laughs> yeah
0: that's <You> know, pretty <laughs> Pretty too good impression that one. The, the amazing, thing, <laughs> the amazing thing that I the, the thing that I find interesting. Um, I paired up with Hugo of TrueRC Canada. I mean, it wasn't just me. Believe it or not, Hugo was the guy in the background working beside me. I just happened to be the first to publish. Um, you know, to really have something and publish it before Hugo did. Um, so I get a little bit more recognition, actually a lot more recognition, but the truth is, is Hugo, true RC Canada. That guy is amazing as well. And I couldn't have done it without him. He's kind of the, the silent partner, if you, if you will. So, um, it wasn't all just me, but the truth is we have some trade secrets between us and we never shared them. So we never really, though we taught you how to do what we do. We didn't tell you Why? And so that, so what happened is when all the knockoffs started showing up, they screwed it up. Every single one of them screwed it up because we published how we make our own. We didn't publish how to mass produce what we do. So when people attempted to mass produce them, they made a lot of mistakes because we wrote our tutorials for the do-it-yourselfer. We didn't write them so that people could copy what we do and then compete with us. And strangely enough, it worked out really well because there are little idiosyncrasies in what we do that make them work. That is the difference between you know the professional level performance and, yeah, it works. And it's those little things that we never really taught anybody. However, the tutorials were written because, you know, some people would rather build their own, um, you know, and you can build your own and get some pretty good performance out of it. You know, I mean, it, it will still perform extremely well, but we're just not going to give our, any, away our trade secrets. So there's always going to be that rift between the knockoffs and our professional lines. Um, and strangely enough, that wasn't intentional. Um, but, you know, when we when we start realizing that, we weren't publishing everything that we knew and just doing certain things because we knew they worked. Um, it protected us pretty well. And so we just, you know, we, we, I mean, a lot of people told me to keep my, take tear my tear down my tutorials, quit teaching people how to clone. It's like they're going to clone one way or the other. <laughs> so, um, what are you holding up Jack? Uh, what's what's with a crashed air blade or, What's no, left. no.
1: This, this is this is my this is my antenna side. This is my yeah. um, goggles side. See the original. Uh, no, yeah. no, no, no. Uh, no covers being on that, and Young then just man. one of the lobes. This sad little lobe here.
0: Yeah.
1: And That's yeah. the only. Does that does that matter?
0: It does, know. but it doesn't. And the problem that you have right there is. The guy who makes that is Sam Scott. He's my, actually my quality manager, and his thing is he's an artist. So he wants to make it look as pristine as possible. And I kept telling, and I told him after people started breaking lobes because they were running exposed. Sam, put more plastic on that thing, you know, mm-hmm. um, because I want the lobe to not. It looks like yours might have broken at the solder joint, and I want it to break. Yeah. I want it to break when the metal is totally fatigued. Yeah. So um, Jack has
2: had that for about two years.
3: Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that's, and that's that an the,
0: Right. And that was the thing is, is we were trying to compete with people that are, I mean, there was, there was somebody put out an antenna that they tried to like, everybody thought it was a triumph underneath. They're like, Oh, look at it. It's pretty. And I'm going, who cares what it's if it's pretty it matters how it performs and because so many people were worried about ooh what it looks like um sam caught on to that and he started uh using less plastic at the feed because it was already covered anyway and anybody who most people who would uncover it would use it on their goggles or an airplane and if you've got a a big gob of plastic on there protecting it, it just doesn't look as pretty and because people care more what it looks like these days don't ask me why. And then what it performs like, um, you know, he started cutting that, that back. <laughs> unfortunately. Look at
1: Ivy Crazy from the, the Bauhaus kind of thing. Form over function. Yep. It's good. It yeah, is like that
0: was the thing is nobody was taking the covers off but when people started taking the covers off, I told Sam, you know, we've got to put more plastic up there. I, You know, I don't care what it looks this, like. This, people are not going to open these and the people who do open these want the durability. So let's just do it.
1: Yeah. This, so, this, they're beautiful. They're really they're really nice. I like it. You've got it's color coded. It's almost oh, tony proof. Yeah. Definitely idiot proof. <laughs> almost. Um sorry I Tony. I have
2: a due respect for about 2 months that lasted. That was pretty good.
1: Yeah, that's 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 impressive because like most things <laughs> 2 minutes with Tony. Like Tony's got 2 yeah. modes
3: fast
0: Well, fast. Hey, if it lasted 2 months, that means that Tony put it through more abuse than running it over 5 times with a car playing home run derby with it and dipping it in acetone and lighting it on fire. Pretty much. Yeah. Not Tony, to mention how many hammer swings I, I threw at it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Tony was born with this tattoo on his ass. It's a, uh, 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 oh, what is it? WMD, weapon of mass destruction. <laughs> Thanks, um, well, th- this is my roundabout long way, 20 minutes way of asking you, can you please ask your technician to make me uh, a set? of the original pretty no cover, I'll pay for them and you can ship well, them. Oh yeah, thing. we can
0: do it, no problem. In fact,
1: just name your problem
0: <laughs> Well the, the truth is, um we went back to that. The the issue is the great thing about having a small shop and only a handful of guys, we can change we'll change the product based on what people are asking for. And we'll do it now. So the the newest yeah, yeah. air blades that are coming out are right back to the old style that were more protected. Um The other th- so that change has already been made. The question is, yeah. is when does that trickle through the vendors? When do the vendors get rid of the get through the ones that were meant to be more pretty um, underneath yeah. that cover and worn on goggles and flown on airplanes and get back into and then get, get trickle through that stock and get into the stock that's more where yeah, they exactly. went yeah, back yeah, to the durability side. Um, yeah, because
1: I was, you know, was trying it, to it, It's you hard know, to stay he, ahead. He just, yeah.
0: It's very hard to stay ahead of what people want because it changes so often. Um, believe it or not, the Bluebeam Bee Mulches are coming out. Um, we're about ready to phase out the uh, version ones. Uh, the, the version, well, actually, what you would, you would think is the version one. To me, it's actually the version eight. So we've made eight revisions to them since they first came out. But the current revision is going to be gone um, in a couple of months. The only difference yeah. is I mean, we have new covers that are very, very small and lighter weight. People wanted smaller, lighter weight, so we gave that to them. Um, yeah,
1: no, no offense, but those those old covers I used to call them tumors. I hated them. I hated yeah. they were so big. They were so cumbersome. Oh yeah, they kind of looked like some sort of sex aid. Well, like
0: I said, back in the days that, um, that fit, when they were designed was for fixed-wing pilots, and that's what they wanted. They wanted something a little bit bigger. Um, yeah. Totally. But, and don't ask me why, because I want something as small as possible. Um, but the new covers actually touch the lobes on all sides. So it's really, really small, very compact. Um, and uh, if I can – I think I have one on my goggles Maybe- tell you.
3: Have you uh, have you
1: still got the automatic lobe bending machine? Oh god! I've Do you got remember that?
0: I've got eight of them. Oh,
1: man, that was incredible, man! I just like <laughs> can you can you send me like a little secret video of that because that's like porn to me. I was just like this. This guy's a genius.
0: Well, here's here's the newest. Um, this is a new Madden Mushroom, new oh. cover on it. Um,
1: How heavy man. is it?
0: Uh it's. it's let's see. If I do the math, he knows. It's it goes, <laughs> it it goes. Than the original. So that's that's what the cover used to be, right there. Yeah, that's the original. And this is the new one. So you can see. Um, let me hold it up there.
1: Oh, it's like me and Tony, except yeah. I'm the big one that no one wants.
0: Yeah. So, so we have these little, these smaller covers, um, you know, and it costs a fortune to get stuff injection molded. So but they're they're gonna yeah. the new covers are due here at the beginning of next week so we're gonna start just making them with the smaller lighter covers on them um and the spec is going to get the same cover eventually what's that
1: yeah you might have to turn our videos off because uh you're lagging out are we, a little. Are
2: we lagging let's, yeah. let's turn our cameras yes. off you want me to turn mine
0: off
1: yeah you can do if you want see okay. how you do
0: there we go oh,
2: all
1: right
0: okay hey. so so, yeah, we, we, when people started asking for the smaller covers, we we changed the plastic and we made them smaller. And it took me, oh, I don't know how many samples before I actually got the plastic right because plastic is technically RF transparent, but it detunes the antenna inside. Um, and I, you know, performance first. So I had it, I went through like four or five different plastics to find a, uh, a, a, a plastic that the cover could physically be made smaller where it could touch the antenna and st- the antenna still perform. Wow. And inadvertently I made them more durable too. That's the sick. cover's actually you need more durable. Thing thing. Um, yeah, it's, and it's the, the cover is three and a half grams lighter than the original cover. So it is actually lighter as well. So, yeah, it, it's always changing. Everything's
3: always changing.
0: This is the guy who got 16
2: wow. pilots in the air in one race. 18. Witchcraft. What?
3: killing 18? with fire.
0: We yeah. got 18. So The first try was 16. The second run was 18 because Kinect said, hey, we can go to the 5.3 gigahertz band and put two of them up. And so we put two Connect squads on HD up with 16 uh, analog pilots.
2: Wow. Look, we can't even get three of us flying
0: when we go to the field. <laughs> well, if you if you watch that video, I explain that yeah. it's the problem. I explain the mistakes that people make, because they don't. Let's face it, RF to most people is black magic. You can't see it, you can't touch it. You can only see its effects, and the specs of our equipment is seldom, if ever, published. I mean, the the twenty uh, you get a two hundred milliwatt transmitter and you know that's the only spec you have on it you know that it's 200 milliwatts here's your voltage range and here you go and then you power it up and some channels are 50 milliwatts others are 500 milliwatts you never even know what you have same with receivers the receivers what do you have how many channels the receiver okay great how about its sensitivity what about its band rejection and that kind of stuff is largely missing because People don't know how to interpret it. They don't know what receiver sensitivity means or what it does, you know, or or how that helps things or hurts things. So when you go out to fly, you're going to go out and, and you're going to go with what's convenient. If because your receiver never told you, you need to keep your competing signals so far away. So you're going to go right up to the edge of your field. And so everybody that passes by where you're all standing, is going to wash out everybody else's video if they're farther away. Um and and that's that's not to the fault of the pilots. That's receiver manufacturers not specifying their receivers to how well their filtration works. So they can't mm. filter out adjacent channels very well. Um and, and that's that's my point of contention. That's why all of my antennas, all of the specs are published, as well as the radiation plot. So somebody who wants to who who can use those specs can read and interpret it and go, okay, this is how I get the most out of this product. It's not done with receivers. And I I don't really like that. But so what I did is I took all the receivers, figured out what those specs were, and then put the video together with how to do that. So you don't Mm -hmm. need to know the specs. You just know if you want to put 16 pods in the air, you need to be one third the distance away from the track that the track is long. So the track's 100 Whoa. meters long. You need to be 33 meters away from it, and that'll keep other pilots from washing out your video.
1: You know. Yeah, because you're, yeah, you're very far away, and they're closer, and then their their yeah. their volume is way louder, um, and washing you out. Is that exactly.
0: right? Exactly. That's exactly okay. what's happening. There's also what, some one lo- thing I'm. Re- but that's that's the big one. The other thing is, like I said, I, I mix polarizations. I mix right and left hand between channels, and I explained why to do that. You know, right hand and left hand don't talk to each other. So if you're on right hand, the adjacent channels are left hand. They come up in at like less than ten percent the signal strength. So that's another way to cut the effective volume. So can I
1: also can I ask? You know, if you're watching someone's feed on with a left hand antenna and they're um they're on right are you watching their reflections essentially now and again is that not what that
3: not
0: you know i get this question a lot um yeah.
1: and, it and, seems like a timed like you know interference like it's clear and then you get the and it's almost like you could almost set a set a metronome to it it's really strange
0: yes and 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 okay this is a very complicated question and I'm glad you asked it but the truth is the people that ask this the first thing I realize when they ask that question is this person just engaged their brain and 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 really thought about this because this is this is this doesn't make sense the reason why that happens there are two competing signals at your receiver if you use the opposite rotation. You have the reflection and the opposite rotation of the main signal. So, and yep. I explained this in a couple of videos, including the the uh, the 16 in the air video. When we say right hand and left hand, we're saying right hand or left hand dominant. dominant. Just like if you are right handed, that doesn't mean your left hand is useless. That means your right hand is more it functions better.
3: Yeah. You know, Cause you, you also,
1: yeah. Cause you've also got the linear where what you're doing is using that ferrite choke to not have the signal run down the aerial, but you are going to get that a little bit and you could favor that. Cause that's neither left or right. Is that correct?
0: Correct. And that's what you just described is called antenna balance. So uh, okay. the cable, if you keep, if you allow the cable to resonate, the radiation pattern gets distorted and you no longer get what you want. However, no antenna is purely right-handed or purely left-handed. So there is a left-handed component to the right-handed antenna and a right-hand component to a left-handed antenna. So what's happening is when you're on a left-handed receiver antenna, there's a, there's, you know, and that signals coming in, there's the direct path with a very weak left-hand component. And then there's a reflected path where the main the main component reversed rotation and got in. So you've got these two fighting signals. You've got the reflection and the direct path both making okay. in. And in a reflection, it you lose a significant amount of signal strength. So often that reflection is at the same strength as your um opposite rotation component coming in. Oh and so got, you get you
1: know- Two videos at the same time but they right. multi-path, multi-path the same video so you Correct. think it's interference but it's not it's, it's multipath. videos looking exactly oh, i get it
0: yep in oh, fact it's weird. basically like running linear it's like running a dipole at one-sixth the signal strength is about the best estimation i have at it so you would get this if you're running a left-hand antenna receiving a quad on a right-hand antenna at 200 milliwatts it looks about the same as if they were transmitting 30 or 35 milliwatts on a dipole Mm -hmm. that in the signal is almost identical um it's
1: tony's in shock because you said that um you've made me engage my brain so uh (laughs) Tony, that's well, why Tony hasn't said anything for a
0: while. Sorry. <laughs> oh, the, I'm lost. So one I'll of just, the things, one off. of the things that's missing <laughs> with a lot of pilots is critical thinking. Think about why you do the things you do, or what's going on. And um, it's because, and the reason is you've you guys have been in this for a while. That's why you're doing this. Um, new pilots, they can't. There's so much advertising and so much noise. That the tech is is lost, it's gone, and so all these people are going, where do I learn about this stuff well all the all the real tech is buried under advertising, so they don't even have the tools to think. well, they do, they just don't know yeah. where to find them they're they're well, buried
1: or, or also-, also there's so much to take on about the hobby, you know oh, like yeah. when you initially get on, I was like. 3s, like what you know, like looking up such a simple question that three, like you know, like a a lipo is made of three individual little batteries, right? Because there's three of them, that's called 3s, and we don't use s because c is um discharge discharge rather, yeah. And you know how uh, many people
0: know what c actually means?
1: (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, well, I exactly. mean, there,
0: therein lies the rub. It, it, the C rating was was predatory advertising. This is exactly what I was talking about, you know, exactly what I was talking about, about this, the tech is buried under advertising. The C rating is exactly that. It is yeah. manufacturers attempting to make their product look better than others by throwing a rating out there that doesn't exist anywhere except in, rc modeling and that way they could make it up however they wanted and higher c rating is better
1: well, all just, h- c half, the,
0: half the time are lies yeah
1: yeah if you do the maths you realize that the gauge of wire that connects the xt 60 to the lipo Isn't big enough. is not true and you exactly. can only deliver that you can only deliver that depending on how strong or how balanced the cells are because you have something called internal resistance.
0: Exactly, exactly. The battery's
1: only as good as that cell was made.
0: Exactly. And also
1: you're limited by the little tabs on top. You can only make them so big without them too touching.
0: Right, well the, the, issue, oh. the issue you that I have is I don't want a 1000 milliamp hour 30C battery. I want a 1000 milliamp hour battery with a 30 amp discharge rate. Tell me the yeah. discharge rate. Because let's face it, it's every battery, it says the C rating instead of saying twenty five C or 30 C, say how many amps it can do. The reason yeah. they do this is to confuse people that don't want to do math. That and then yeah. and then they flat out lie. I mean if you find a battery that's, that's discharging. Yeah. Less of you, that. <laughs> if you find a battery that discharges past 30C, I'll hand you a fire extinguisher because you're going to need it. Um, yeah. I've seen batteries marketed at 120C. That means it dumps its entire capacity in 30 seconds. Yeah. That's yeah. more powerful than my shop's arc welder.
1: Yeah, true. <laughs> well, not nice
0: garbage. Total garbage and 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 that's the unfortunate thing if there's one thing that upsets me about this industry um it's the utter disrespect for honesty um
1: or, or, or maths or the the laws yeah. of the, the rules of the universe <laughs> like laws yeah. you know like oh,
0: i can be broken jack but the, you no, were talking you about how people there's so much to take in well, how about now? Yeah. You have to filter through all the lies, too. All the garbage. Yeah. It's just we've. Thank goodness there are people out there developing products that just plug in and work. Because if they didn't, nobody'd be able to get into this. Because there's so much, you know, garbage out there.
1: Yeah. Do, do you know what I'm? Re- I'm really enjoying like underrated things, like Little Bees. <laughs> Me and Tony. No, I like and 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 yeah, and Fabi. Um, you know, ran a 5s 22, uh, t- what is it, 2300 kV red base, yep. uh, on a 5s and was ragging the living crap out of that. Its peak was like 35, yeah, and, like, <laughs> and <It's> it stayed <laughs> for
2: one minute. It,
1: it, yeah, it was on. I mean, admittedly, you couldn't touch the ESC, but you know, we had such a laugh that day. Yeah, well, that's the thing. That's it.
0: Every once in a while, you have somebody that underrates things, and then the little bees. Yeah. I use those as well because of that that reason. They're underrated. But you yeah. look at that little speed control, and you look at you look at how small those transistors are on it, and then you look at the wires and go, "There's no way that those transistors can deliver enough power through these wires. There's no way they'd blow up, yeah. and, and it actually they does. it does. It yeah. works. Um,
1: yeah, they, I, I mean they they get soft. I mean, like the only downside of those little bees is they should have put caps on them. You should have had like, you should have had two versions: ones with caps, ones with not. Because like I I checked out the technical aspects the other day of um of uh, Kiss ESCs. Yep. And To run them 5s you need to add caps. Right. Because there was a guy who came in and was like, "I've burnt a load of them out." <laughs> he came me back in the other day and I was like, hey, you're, you know, and he mentioned it. And I was like, oh, you're the guy that kills a load of KISS yeah. And like, I'm, well, like, I'm a massive what? support. Yeah, I'm a massive supporter. So you go on the technical, the technical data and it's like, you know, no cable longer than 20 centimetres and stuff like that. But people don't read them yeah. or
0: find out no, where who, to get them. who reads a small print, Jack? No. <laughs> I You'd have to for a multi, to fly a multi rotor. You'd have a book thicker than the Bible. For goodness' sake! I mean, it'd be
3: like reading. You got two testaments.
0: You know, <laughs> I mean, you'd be you would take it would take less time to read War and Peace than it would to be to have the instruction manual for all these parts and so, it's forever changing.
2: Go, yeah,
1: exactly. Underworld, I, I would go Underworld. War and Peace is a little bit, you know, you have. I don't know. I think you're overrating that.
0: <laughs> you haven't seen how many specs can be thrown at something. Um,
1: oh, yeah, I know. Oh. It, it, it's, um,
0: it's amazing how much. Um, but yeah, the capacitor, the reason the capacitors are there is actually soak a soak up. It, it, it actually has nothing to do with the speed control, it has to do with the motor that's attached yeah. to it. You see, for some reason, And I can't, for the life of me, I can't figure this out. We have decided that distributed LRK motors are the only motors that will be popular. And I, Mm. to this day, I have no idea why. Because I go everywhere trying to find the old-fashioned sinusoidally wound ABC motors. Because the, the ABC sinusoidally wild motors are truly a three phase motor. They're not noisy. They don't induce all kinds of interference into your electronics. They're easy on elect- speed controls. The thing is, they don't have the peak torque that the distributed LRK does. But the distributed LRK is what, not. What do I What's that?
1: So, are you. Are you- uh, sorry, you glitched out a little bit. Okay. Um. So we didn't hear your initial thing. Um. Okay. Hang on. I just want to open Wikipedia so I can like check this stuff out because it sounds okay. very interesting. Are you this, talking about different types of wh- winding? Are you talking about yes. delta and star pattern? No,
0: no, no. Delta and Y are, are a little different. I, 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 briefly, all almost every motor you see is going to have twelve stator poles and fourteen magnet poles we've accepted okay. that this is the rc motor the way you wind that is a style called distributed lrk lrk being the first initials of the last names of the three people that invented it uh, I, gosh i sort of know their names I, but i can't gosh it's been forever um, what was but, the other one the AB what ABC, which is, which is a standard sinusoidal, and those were the 9 n 12 piece, so 9 stator poles 12 magnets. And that's a true sinusoidal motor. Those don't require the big capacitors on them because they're not constantly surging the voltage. The voltage actually evens out on those versus the distributed LRK, which is what we typically use. The, it surges. The, the, you actually get surges in those motors that go back through the electronics, and that's what fries electronics. And that's what you see in your goggles, yeah? Right, on the other hand, a distributed LRK motor is easier to jam the brakes, because what happens is the voltage rises very sharp, then it flatlines. And any, if you're going to change speeds on that motor, you it doesn't matter the position very much. You don't have to – there's actually a little processor inside your, your speed control that senses the position of the motor. And when it hits that peak and flatlines, you can hit that motor at any time during that flatline to activate the brake. Um, it, versus a sinusoidal, it comes up and it, it has a rounded peak and then drops back down. So peak detection is harder. Um, so a speed control would actually work harder with a with a multi rotor um, to sense position to get the brake that quick braking action on a sinusoidally wound motor, which makes sense why we would all go DLRK because it's easier to sense the position. However, we decided that DLRK was the way to go well before multi rotors even existed.
1: Is is that is that the right thing? Have I put the right thing in the link? Because like I'm trying to. Because I cannot spell sinusoidal or whatever you just said. Sinusoidal. Okay,
0: yep, there you go. Isn't it, Jack? Yep, that's it. This is exactly, yep. Yep, that's the winding pattern. Well, this is LRK. This is not distributed LRK. This is LRK. You only wind six poles. Distributed LRK is down below in the bottom that has all 12 poles wound.
1: Okay, and what's the other one?
0: The other one's LRK, it's, it's, it's for high torque applications. You only wind every yeah. other pol- pole and the other one's sinusoidal. And um, if you look down the bottom of your page oh, no. on the link, previous, number of poles and magnets, nine pole motor and the reduction ratio. There's your 9N12P right there.
1: Hang on. Hang on. Ah.
0: Look yeah. at the bottom of the page. It shows you exactly what, what what's there.
1: Oh uh next, summarizing the possibilities or no, numbers
3: previous. of
0: previous. It's on previous.
1: Oh yeah, okay. Sorry, thank you. I'm this
0: learning. is the motor that's used in most collective pitch helicopters, believe it or not.
1: Okay. So it's
0: this kind it. of motor they have decided goes in collective pitch helicopters. That's the nine stator pole six magnet, and the nine twelve has almost disappeared the 912 is my favorite motor <laughs> you know it's just hard okay. to find nobody makes them anymore and ooh they even have the 98910 in this in this tutorial that's uh uh if you look down a little bit further the 98 the 910 that's magnetically imbalanced but spins really freaking well they have okay,
1: those yeah that's a bit weird isn't
0: right? it ooh, that's practical the practical guide of multicopters.com i like it uh, some some really good stuff. Uh, you don't usually see many people get into the uh, the physics of motors. Um, but the truth is, I'm no. a motors guy. More than an antenna guy. So, so why did you get into antennas then? Because <laughs> everybody and their Uncle Mike makes a motor. And the motors oh. weren't problematic. I wind my uh, own motors. Well, I actually wind I my well. own motors. In fact, if you look in Model Aviation Magazine, December 2012... I'm standing there with an FPV headset on. Now, mind you, this is 2012 when you know you didn't put FPV and AMA together. Um, oh, so I'm there yeah, with my FPV went. headset on, and this is this is this giant trimersion setup with a scratch Someone built Someone the link. Yeah. Oh, I don't. I don't know where I got. I've got the magazine somewhere. But on that on that plane is a hand wound motor, and he, the guy was so blown away by the fact that I wound my own motors, Um, you know, he he explained the winding style in the article and everything. And what got his attention, what got me in that article, what got me that article was I got so much power out of that stupid motor because it was a a really unique winding pattern. I launched the plane and I just gave it all, all it was worth. And this huge glider sat on its tail and rocketing straight up in the air. And he was just like, oh, my God, what motor do you have in that? And I was like, oh, it's a hand-wound Scorpion 3014. And I told him, that, you know, the winding pattern and all that. And he's
3: Scorpion like
1: – as well. Jeez, well, he's, he's there a- trying
0: to write oh. it down. And I'm not looking at him. I'm not looking at my plane. I'm, I'm going to sit down, and I'm putting my headset on. And then he turns over and says, you're not looking at your plane. Oh, my God, you're not looking at your plane. It's like, dude, it's <laughs> <tell me. laughs> And, and so this guy had never seen FPV before. So then we can motors then. believe it or not, I tried to do my own motor line. And um, unfortunately it fell through. That was another project I was doing trapping. Um I wanted my in fact I've got one of the motors sitting here on the desk. Um I can't build a motor in the States. It would cost a fortune. Yeah. Um, So Trappy, he found a a motor manufacturer that he liked. And I just started to design motors specifically for him. And the problem we ran into was that this manufacturer couldn't build a motor to save their life. They were really bad at it. Um, I designed motors that I wound up here. That were getting twice as much power as the ones that they could wind in China. Well, wow. And it's not unusual for a hand-wound motor to have more power, but to have twice as much is very unusual. Um, in fact, the motors were having had like 80% of the power that what we were already using had. And it's like Wait, this, says supposed to have more power. I I'm I'm generating almost 60% more power. You're generating, you know. Twenty percent less with the same exact specs. Wouldn't there? Wouldn't there be a um,
2: market for hand wound? Believe it or, or not, not,
0: they've got CNC winding machines that wind motors better than you can wind by hand nowadays. Have you ever seen a DJI motor? Yeah, yeah. The winding's perfectly stacked. That, that's actually a CNC machine that does that. Right. Um, now Cobra is still hand wound. Uh, Cobra motors are hand wound um i can tell because it's sloppy and it's done quickly but god oh, gone can they pack a lot of copper into that stator mm. um you know and and really that's what it's down to neatness counts because you're st- stuffing copper into that stator the more copper yeah. you get into it the more power you can get out of the motor right
1: um, and and it, you know if you scuff one of the windings it skips yep as well that makes yep. a big difference yep. you got to you got to wind it right the first time not let anything bad happen to it Oh yeah, binary throttle says hello as well. Yeah, you know, Whitfield as well. He had a good conversation with you at Formula FPV. I missed it. I was really ill. I'm really sorry.
3: Yeah,
0: I can really get into so what happens when you short out a winding on a motor, but yeah, I don't think people want to talk that level of theory or hear that level of theory. Well,
3: <laughs> just,
1: just I don't know, go for it, and I'll cut you off I'll give you four minutes. Go.
0: No, I'm not going to take four minutes. Okay. So when you spin a motor, it's a generator. A spinning motor is a yes. generator. It has back current. That's how you activate the brake. Well, if you have a shorted winding, think about when you oh, short an a motor out. Short short the windings of the, the three-phase motor, touch three, all three phases together, and spin the motor. It's hard to spin. It's a magnetic brake. So yes. what happens when you short a winding out? There's literally a winding shorting itself out, acting as a brake, working against the motor, and heating up it only takes a matter of seconds before that thing gets red hot and the copper becomes liquid. Goodbye motor. So basically you've got a little auto transformer inside your motor that when that motor is turning, you have a short circuit with however much current is running through the motor. Um, So if you're running 10 amps, let's say 10 amps through each phase of the motor and it has 22 turns Guess what? That shorted turn is pumping out two hundred twenty amps. Shit. It's going to last a couple of microseconds. That's Goodbye. quick. That's yeah. why a shorted turn. That's why if a motor shorts out, it's gone. It's not like you can cu- short out that turn and it won't work anymore. Like you, you know, you can't like remove it from the circuit. If it's shorted, that motor's done. Yeah. Um,
2: what,
0: do I, what do you
1: happen? call it?
0: What's you that? Know, you know when Fried. you know when a.
1: <laughs> when a, a motor is like skipping a phase and it's, we call it hunting. Do you call it skipping or tracking?
0: Usually you, we call guys... it tracking and and it's, it's yeah. in the speed control. Most of that's in the speed control. It's failure to detect the motor position.
1: Yeah. Um, and... uh, Gucci FPV says, why is the tri- triumph so good? You say it's a jack of all trades, right? You You missed that earlier on, but why yeah. is it good um sell it you make well, the money from it I'll put you like
0: this I'll put you like this when it comes to when it comes to the the triumph it's it's a the project's actually three years old it started a long time ago and we wanted a way to make a just a different literally the goal was make a different type of circularly polarized antennas that was the, that was the project that was handed to me no bent wires I want a different a, a Trappy said, I want an antenna that nobody else has because everybody's, they've already started to clone what you do. I want something that nobody has ever seen before. And so I worked on um, a style called Lindenblad, which um, Tony from FPVL-LAR had made a a parasitic Lindenblad, and he couldn't get it to work. So I decided um, the Lindenblad was a good structure, but you had to get around the physics that, made it not want to work so i attempted to um so i drove the elements so a parasitic elements like a yagi there's only one element that does everything and the other ones are, are called parasitics they kind of drive the signal and yeah. it doesn't work with circular it just doesn't work at all and 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 tony um had read some white some some people's articles on doing this and then came to realize that they really didn't know what they were talking about and the antenna didn't work So, but the structure was good. It's just the method was bad. So I fed the elements instead of using a parasitic element and feeding the elements with a dipole in the middle. I fed them with a microstrip and fed them directly. So there wasn't any, there wasn't anything going on inside the antenna that wasn't supposed to be there. Um, And we were, because we were using a a dipole structure versus a, a one wavelength loop, it got really small. So we were able to bring the size down Um, and because of the way they're built um, I designed it so it could be built repeatedly, very quickly, uh, very repeatedly so, you know, things didn't, like it wasn't up to, oh, it wasn't assembled right or something that would change the performance. The performance is set based on the way the antenna was designed straight out. and That's such
1: a weird radiation pattern. Sorry, I'm looking it at it. I've never had a guest on where I literally have to Google every every topic.
0: Yeah. well, the,
1: fascinating. Sorry, you're one of the most interesting people I've ever had the, on.
0: The way it works, and I'm going to have to turn my camera on for this, because there's absolutely no way in the world anybody could ever get this through their head, without with my description without me physically showing them so yes okay so what you've got in the TBS primes is four dipoles and they're tilted at 30 degrees so let me grab my little dropper here because I you know what let's not use that let's use a zip tie that is hydrochloric acid on it I, I don't want the dripping on my pants <laughs> No, Um,
1: hang on, hang on, wait, 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 I've just got a hang on, two seconds, I've just got to send a message.
2: Have you got my message? Yeah.
1: Yes, yep, I'm adding, I've just, Neil, it's in Facebook, carry on, uh, right, sorry.
0: So what you've got is, you've got got four dipoles, each tilted at, at, at 30 degrees, okay? Yep. But they're spaced differently. So they're spaced around the antenna. The thing is, the speed of light We think it's really fast. But the truth is, light only travels two inches in one cycle at 5.8 gigahertz. So 5.8 gigahertz goes positive, negative, positive so fast the speed of light only moves two inches. It's so insanely fast that we don't realize how high these frequencies are. So if you would tilt, so what we do is we space the, the dipoles away Tilted at 30 degrees. So I've got one here, and I've got another one here. So as a signal approaches you, okay, this one gets to you first. Yep. Then this one gets to you delayed. They're a third of an inch apart. Guess what? A third of an inch is 120 degrees. Guess what the difference in angle between these two is? 120 degrees. So what happens is this one gets to you, then the two sides get to you, which is vertical. Then this one back here gets to you, and because they're physically delayed, it adds up to a rotational wave, and that's how it works.
2: Oh. Brilliant.
0: So it's, if you, <laughs> if you, am that's I right in thinking? magic explained.
1: Oh, so you're using the cumulative error to all add up to a wavelength? Yes, is that what you're doing?
2: If that that is. Yes. That it's is. It's incredible. So you're adding,
1: yeah, so basically when you use linear antennas, when you start turning them, the crossover is minimal, but you're using that as a curve.
0: Yes. Is that right? Okay. That's correct. That's exactly right. Yeah. So, but here's the thing. Here's the other science of it. I told you that there's this one here, and then there's one behind. So there's one in front, one back, but there's obviously two at the sides. Here's where the 30 degree tilt comes in. You can only see the vertical component. Of this of something tilted towards or away from you. So you see the sign of the angle. The sign of 30 is one half. And since these two sides get to you at the same time, one half plus one half is one. So it maintains magnitude too. you
2: You're bloody brilliant.
0: <laughs> Believe it or not, that's why I hate the skew planar wheel. Everybody, you know, every you know, I gave up on the skew planar wheel. In fact, if you read some of my early stuff, I gave up. I was like, I hate the skew wheel. It's not working like it's supposed to the signals going elliptical and I can't control it. And that act, I got so frustrated that that's actually where the cloverleaf came from. It was straightening out the elliptical pattern mm-hmm. uh, of the skew planer wheel. Um, that was, that was the improvement um, was making the skew planer wheel actually work. Um, like it was supposed to, I mean, it works, but to me it's, it's not really good. In fact, if you watch the, if you look at the, uh, the multiple pilots in the air thing, the skew planer wheel doesn't work because of that elliptical pattern, and that's why the skew planer wheel will never, ever compete with the TBS Triumph. It won't. It just can't. There's just the TBS Triumph is just built to the point where the open source designs that everybody's copying simply can't compete with it the physics are too well-refined at this point, you know, whereas the open what, source what, design what Oh,
1: sorry. What I'm really surprised at was, um, you know, you had a list of antennas that did or didn't work. Right. Um. I found, you know, the Spironet antennas made by Immersion RC. Yeah, I find not, yeah, I, I find, yeah, I find that the, um, the performance is really good out of those, but I was really shocked that they they didn't make it on the list. It was they didn't, you know, because um, well, even
0: my skew planer wheel, even my skew planer wheel, made it on the does not work list. Even my clover leaf doesn't work. I mean, it, the clover leaf almost works. In fact, you could probably use the clover leaf and it would probably work, but the skew planer wheel doesn't. Um, And this is this is axial ratio. This is what it all comes down to axial ratio. This is the fine level of performance Um, It just doesn't have the axial ratio needed Um, so I've done tests with this um, Where I took airplanes and flew them uh, and, and flew them out and what I did is I changed antennas. I changed between different antennas. So I, I flew out on an airplane that I received on a skew planer wheel and a clover leaf and all these things. And what happened, we got very different distances um, between different antennas because of axial ratio. And the skew planer wheel was the sore loser. It works. Oh. It just, to me, it doesn't work well enough. I mean, I'm a, I wouldn't call myself a perfectionist, but I'm a performance nut yeah who's so, that,
1: that driving? your sound is polluting <laughs> our podcast
0: i'm
4: so sorry guys let me just pull over I had... hang on
0: oh wait 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 whoa well, whoa 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 i've heard of texting and driving come on man it's
2: <laughs> not not illegal is it
3: <laughs>
0: well he isn't texting and driving but gosh <laughs> i've
1: I've, mute, I've muted him till he pulls over <laughs> yeah, now I can't. I can't unmute him how do I unmute you?
2: <laughs> Don't he do it?
1: Uh, uh, no, I can't. I can't unmute him, Neil. You might have to call back.
2: Yeah, now that you're parked, <laughs> we can uh, see. Oh no, you. How... we can't hear you? Yeah, I
1: mute. I, I muted you. him to think. Oh mate, I'm so sorry. I feel so bad. I muted Neil. Um, yeah, back, there was yeah. an awesome. There was there was an awesome question from Lumpy Donut who said. And how... Um, hang on.
0: Lumpy Donut. I and love hang that. On. I love that. That's hysterical. <laughs> Some of these guys come up with the funniest names. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. Like,
1: mind... What the hell? Mind Explosion. Um, where is it? How does do the cannon-style antennas get better penetration compared to the clover?
0: Okay. Um,
1: gosh. God, the chat is moving so fast. It's to, nuts.
0: To explain that, to, to be honest, I don't even know. I, I know why, but I don't even know that I know how to explain it. Um, yeah. He's referring to hel- a helical antenna, a, a basic helical antenna, a Canon style. Um, the best way I can do it is think of it in terms of a light, a flashlight. So, if you have a flashlight, you're interested in directing the, all the light out in front of you. Well, if you take away the reflector behind the flashlight, the light won't reach out as far. And that's effectively yeah. what a directional antenna does. You have a certain volume of air that you can fly within. You can't. The only way you can make it bigger is to increase your transmit power, or decrease your, or excuse me, increase your transmit power, or increase your receiver sensitivity. This has nothing to do with the antennas. So, the a directional antenna takes that volume of air and changes the shape to drive it out in a specific direction. So, it's like a flashlight. If you, put, if you take a light bulb and, and put it up with no reflector, the light will go so far. But if you put a reflector behind it and drive the light out away from it, it's going to be a lot brighter in that direction, but obviously behind the reflector it's going to be quite dim. It's the same thing here, the very exact same thing. The, the, that's the only way I can explain it. The, the issue is, is that we're talking about a receive antenna, and it actually works in the receive direction too. And that's the part I can't explain. I can explain how it works as a transmitter, and the difference between a transmitter and a receiver is the direction the power is flowing. Neil, that is really dark, but I hope you're, you're holding up two fingers and not one at me. <laughs> <laughs> what, I wasn't what, sure how many fingers you were, were holding was... up, as long as there was more than one.
1: Yep. Yeah. Hey, Neil. <laughs> how you doing, man? It's nice to have you on. What
0: yeah, are you man, doing?
1: Man? Yeah. Where, where are you off?
0: Gosh, you're a night owl. You work as late as I do. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess, but you know,
3: I've
0: got, he, you know, oh. you know what? John Graves said it to me like this from Graves RC back here in the states. He's when I went full time, full time with my own business. He said, "Now that you own your you you own your own business, you can set your own hours." And I laughed. And he went, "Oh, so you've realized it's twenty four 7 Yeah, yeah. Being self-employed is not easy, I mean, you
2: know. Def- definitely, when it rains, I That's
0: yeah. why you have to love what you do to be self-employed. You, you have to, you have to love what you do because you work the longest, most ridiculous hours. You know, you, you really have to love it. So, um,
1: yeah. I've, I've got I've got one nerdy question that you know earlier on you were talking about the speed of light. Yes, and I think you might have been comparing it to the speed of sound, and like, you know the other delicious frequencies that we've blurted out into the solar system. Yeah, carry on.
0: <laughs> well, the speed of sound just is collisions. That's all that is. Yeah, how fast things collide. You know, you know that's how sound waves travel, unlike light, yeah. which is its own <laughs> particle, or electromagnetic spectrum, which is what we're using in the antennas. See you now got, you got me talking like serious physics. What what are you doing? Have
2: <laughs> you got any questions, Neil? That's
3: cool. Uh,
0: hang mic. on. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, I, Neil, I, I just lost your mic. I was hoping that would Neil.
1: make
0: it. We got to get you guys in the fixed wing, man. You don't know what you're We're
2: missing. We're trying. We're getting there.
0: Do you? Um, do you guys have? at No. Does anybody cut foam wings in the UK?
2: Yes. Uh,
1: I don't know. There, there
2: are people
0: who do it. Flying wings. Does he, does he? cut his own? I'm gonna have to get a hold of them because okay, they very go. good they because go. the. Um, you. I don't know if you're familiar with the. Uh, FPVWRA, it's First Person Video Fixed Wing Racing Association. Um, We are an organization to protect wing racing and promote it. Well, we came up with a spec wing that we open-sourced. And, well, I should say I open-sourced it, but um, I'm on the board uh, for that, and we open-sourced it. And the reason why I asked is because um, it'd be nice to see people with the U- in the UK competing in the, on a worldwide circuit with the same, you know, that the people in the United States do. So, yeah. And I'm happy to ship them to you too. They're, they're the, the airplane was designed to be cheap and easy to manufacture as, and be a performance wing. I'm happy to send them to you. But if I could just send the files to your buddy out there that cuts them because it is an open source project, I could send them out there to. Anybody else? Yeah, I think yeah. Go, I yeah, right. Go,
2: go. I think, I think oh, this talk should be <laughs> between Neil and the uh,
1: yeah Alex. Uh, so. Can yeah. we can we name can we name the, the cheap and easy UK produced wings after Tony? Sure. <laughs> <laughs>
0: see, the thing is, uh, I, I think you guys are starting to see where I'm where I'm going. I yeah. mean, my whole yeah. thing is how do I continue to give to the FPV world. How do I keep giving back? Um, it's... I, I, I heard some advice from uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger before he was a governor, before he was nearly as popular as he, you know, when he was at, like, two or three movies in, into his career, you know, when he could barely speak English and grunted, you know, did the Conan the Barbarian or something like that.
1: Um, yeah, well, Tony's not that far, really.
0: He's... He, he gave this piece of advice about how to be successful. And he said, always give back. And I agree. And I couldn't agree more with that. Um, I feel it's very important physically to give back It, it. And strangely enough, it promotes, it actually is good for business to give back some somehow don't ask me why, but it feels very good to, to continue to give back. Um, and to see that impact drives you, it keeps you going. Um, it keeps me wanting to go more to see, you know, when I when I give something back to the community and they take it and run with it, it makes me want to do it again and again and again. I, I just really like that. Um, so that this, this FPV WRA, that is another thing of me giving back. And I really hope to see fixed wing racing happen in the UK because It's happening here in the States.
2: I think it's on its way. I mean, we're just starting to get into wings over here. And, um, I I think racing, it would be a a good thing because, um, our, uh, multi-rotor sport looks like it's under threat at the moment, but they said something about, they're going to keep planes or, um,
0: it's always going to be under, it's always gonna be threatened. Yeah. It's it's always going to be threatened. It's just, it's just a very real threat right now. um, People are afraid of what they don't understand.
2: Yeah.
0: And that's really what it comes down to. That's really what's threatening it And because the drone is a multi-rotor and an airplane is just a model airplane. It's like, oh, people have been flying model airplanes forever. Don't worry about it.
2: Yeah, the They're
0: kind of protected by ignorance, strangely yeah. enough, which is the exact same thing that's harming multi-rotors, but same ignorance.
3: Mm.
0: Um, but, you know, what I found with fixed wing is that it caters to people who are in multi-rotors that are ready for something different because I don't care how many different multi-rotors are out there. They will never fly as different as a fixed wing will. So fixed wing is just a completely different set of skills. It's a completely different way to fly. It's very graceful. Um, and I don't know how many people have asked me, Hey, what flight controller do you put in it? None. And, and and I and I just laugh and go, guys, it's a model airplane. They've been around since mm. I mean, heck, the first airplane, model airplane was flown in 1917. What flight controller do you think was in that? Mm. You, know? <laughs> um, you know, they don't use flight controllers. And it's one the multi-rotor guys was, what do you mean? You know, um, so it's a completely different world. So when the guys are starting to get tired of the multi-rotor thing, you know, but they still want to do FPV, or that they just they just want to try something different. They go, you know, that fixed wing looks really good because they're faster. They fly longer. They don't, they have, they have, you know, a two minute flight time on an airplane. People are like, man, you better put a bigger battery in that thing. Um, you know, whereas a multi-rotor, it's common. So if they're looking for longer flight times and a different flight style, you know, it. it you've already got all the equipment. So uh, jump into fixed wing. All you do is buy a couple of servos and build it up. That's it. Um, you know, and it's, and so it's a very easy transition. And the cool thing is you don't have to worry about, oh, somebody updated beta flight or somebody updated race flight. I got to go update all my aircraft. No, it was never in there in the first place.
2: Yeah, and that's it. Yeah. That's yeah. The, thing, I love oh, they... the 15 minutes of flight time from, from going from two minutes flat out to 15 minutes and you can still
0: go pretty fast. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was the... Uh, one of the, a lot of people that fly multirotors that are big multirotor guys, they pick up fixed wing just so they can fly longer. That's the first thing they do. Mm-hmm. And then they realize how much faster a fixed wing can go than a multirotor. And then they go, wow, I really, I really like the speed. But the problem is, is now you need a big field, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can fly a multirotor in my backyard, you know, very, very comfortably, very few fixed wings fit in my backyard. And my backyard's bigger than most of yours. <laughs> you <know? laughs> Put together,
1: yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like the size of Wales here. Um, yeah. I I remember you sitting in the garden chair out in the field and getting your um, uh, you know, uh, flying your glider and like saying how relaxing it is. It was a tutorial oh, yeah. on like FPV and you know, like getting familiar with where you are and. You yeah. know, um, I I think you know your little um, FPV bag. I think it should be brightly coloured, so it's like a return to home FPV bag. You know, make <laughs> it like neon colour, so you can kind of see where you are in the field.
0: Believe it or um, not, that has a strobe inside. There's a strobe light inside. If I want to, no I will. I, I, I you reach already want out to Activate. The strobe, There's a strobe light in there. So yeah.
1: So why do they call you IB Crazy?
0: Um, before I got into fixed wing, uh, before I got into FPV, really, um, it was, I was the type of guy who refused to accept everybody else's method. I needed to come up with my own. So when I was getting into fixed wing aircraft line of sight, this is when I was 16 years old. Um
1: Hormones, I bought my
0: first one, and then <laughs> from there, every other one had to be built from scratch. As many components that I could build, I would, even if I could just go buy them. And then I would show up to the field with these planes that were covered in like neon pink, neon green covering, you know, and people would go, like, why don't you make that look like a real airplane? It's like, because I can't see what it's doing. I I can see pink and green. I can tell what's up and what's down. I can't see like warbird gray. It's meant to blend in, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I proceed to fly like an absolute nutcase, you know, really low to the ground, extremely aggressive. And they go, dude, you're crazy. What the heck? You're crazy. And so it kind of stuck, you know, between the, the scratch building everything from the ground up and refusing to buy anything that I could build to the ridiculous. I mean, I'd come home with almost every airplane wadded up in a ball and yeah. go, out, go out in the field with a broom and like sweep up my ex <laughs> But you had fun. Yeah. But the thing is I was learning. Yeah. And now when I slam my, my airplane into the, you know, the big, the big uh, stru- the metal structure that they used to throw nationals at ninety miles an hour, I pick it up and, and in ten minutes the plane's repaired and back in the air because I learned how to make them tough. Yeah. <laughs>
3: you
0: know? But it, it literally the IB crazy name came from people saying, "Dude, you're nuts all the time." From the, like some people would say, "You're nuts just to build your own planes. Why don't you buy them? You know, why do you actually go build your own hot wire cutter and all this stuff?" Buy an airplane, build it, and fly it. Why are you winding your own motors? And then, um, and then, of course, they called me crazy when they saw me fly because I really didn't care if I crashed or not. Because when I crash, it cost me fifty cents to cut another plane. You know.
3: <laughs> yeah. I see
2: uh, Are you flying through um, like courses, like FPV courses? Do
0: they do you go through tunnels, hoops, and things oh, like that? Or man, I make courses. Um, around here, there's a lot of development going on. So there's a lot of land that's being knocked where that, that's being deforested for housing developments. And we well, you know, after hours, there are these stick built structures standing around with no walls. They're perfect obstacles to fly through. And, and they're primes. all over the place. So i make my own obstacle courses.
1: Oh my word.
0: Oh, it's great. I mean, can you
1: imagine being, going up to the new homeowner and being like, Here, look at my DVR footage? At first, they're like, what, What's DVR footage? And yeah, then right. be like, I flew through your house.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> you know, I
1: remember I, I've gone 80 miles an hour through your kitchen.
3: That's right. Um, Is there any yeah. more questions oh, in, in the chat? Uh, yeah, I, right. Uh,
0: well, you know what, I was you know, gonna I, say. when you do that, I've actually done that to some people where I've, I've gone back to the development and flown through other houses that were being built and they came up and asked what what I was doing <laughs> and I'd show them and they'd, oh, that's really cool. And I and I'd tell them, you know, and then I figure out they're from that development. I say, you know, I probably have videos somewhere of flying through your house before it was built, you know, before it was fully built. And so if I find that, I, I take you know, I take still shots or whatever. So they have aerial photographs and photographs of their house before it was built. So they kind of have some nostalgia about, you know, what was there before their house was.
1: Yeah. So um, what well, I've got a question, you know, the old i crazy uh, TBS patch antenna. How's yeah. that holding up nowadays? Cause that is prehistoric man. I think, I think Tony was 16 back when that was made.
0: Um, Well, I'll be honest with you. Remember, I said I didn't like the skew planer wheel. I don't like patchy antennas either.
1: Really? So you're not a forge guy. That's why I I, don't like it.
0: I might have designed it, but that doesn't mean I like it. Um, And the reason I don't like it is the bandwidth is really narrow. The bandwidth is um, it's 5800 megahertz plus or minus about 60 megahertz, and then it really works poorly. Uh, patch antennas are narrow band. Um, I just don't like them because they're very limited. And a lot of my clients that are not in FPV, that are in, you know, drone, like full scale uh, drones, aerial mapping, mesh networking, you know, for internet services. I'm swapping out their patch antennas for my other antennas and just blowing them away. They are amazed at what change. Take a crosshair on there. Yeah, the, the crosshair is probably the most popular antenna that oh, I yeah. swap a patch out for. But it's more expensive. The patch was meant to be cheap and easy. I mean, it's a it's a really cheap and easy to produce antenna, and it works. It's just not the level of performance that I want. You know, I don't... Yeah. My motto is performance first. The patch you antenna is got... form factor first.
1: Yeah. You Have know, you got... Any info you can give us? Because when you were testing the connect system, you had a little covered covered antenna. Can you tell us anything about that?
0: I can tell you I will be producing it as a commercial product. But as far as what's under that cover, not going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs>
4: so uh, you're going to be producing a line of digital antennas to, as the market grows, yeah. Correct. definitely, Definitely.
0: Correct. Yes. Uh, in fact, it's going to be... Uh, about two months before I have the covers made. Um, we just put in the order for the mold today. So it'll be about two months before I actually get the covers in um, from having the mold made to having the prototypes made to verifying that it's right, and all that kind of stuff. Because it's, gonna, it's not going to get a laser cut cover on it like the rest of mine do. Um, we're going to injection molded covers. Um, again, the market had shifted. They want things that look like they were made in a factory, not, hand-built pieces of art which sure. is what my business was founded on it was that hand-built hand craftsmanship well now they want the look uh, I, of mass
4: produced yeah
1: I, I i don't care what anyone says man i i prefer prefer that like the handmade because so like, i if you have any problems with it you know like if you crack that you know the the front bit you can just you know get a bit of ca remover and like you know fix things you've got a little bit extra white um coax than you need to so if you break the you know if you break it off you can resolder it it's those little things that they've well, made
0: that, think about it like you this know, yeah. if if you've designed something to be manufacturing friendly you've sacrificed mm. performance you automatically do because you have to make it capable of being manufactured but if you don't and it has to be done by a craftsman. You get a better product every time. I mean, come on, talk about. I mean, you like the Swiss watch. I mean, come on, that's that that's isn't that the 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 yeah, stereotypical yeah. built by a Technical. true craftsman? And and that, mm, that yeah. yeah you know that's the that's the top end. So and that's what I want my antennas to be that top of the line performer. Um, and they are, and they are, and and that's the other side of it is. I, if I design them to be mass produced quickly, they don't perform nearly as well as if they're made by hand. Um, and the only exception to that is the TBS Triumph. That one was, des- and that's why it's a jack of all trades because it was designed to be manufactured as well, not designed. I had to design it around a manufacturing process um, to be mass produced. So that's where the performance falls. And it, it, that and I designed in a bunch of booby traps, so to speak, into it too. So Um,
1: um I've got a question. Um yep. Do you still get multipathing with digital video? I'm guessing yes. mm, you do.
0: You do, but you don't recognize it. Uh multipathing in digital video looks like um the resolution drops, your frame rate drops. Yeah. So, or you get more lag. So one of three things happens, either your, your your video starts to get laggy, the resolution drops, or the frame rate, the physical animation speed drops. So you don't see it as scrambling in your image, you see it as a dis- different type of distortion.
2: Probably harder yeah. than probably worse. Well, when you, you
0: know. I think it's worse. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather see the distortion. Like yeah, fly we? through distortion. Yeah. I can't fly through a freeze frame.
2: No. Yeah. <laughs> Locky pixels. It'd be awful. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I can't and fly also when it does drop,
0: off.
1: it 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 drops, doesn't it? It just goes. Drops
0: pretty sharp. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, I I thought you'd just get glitching rather than, rather than actual multipathing.
0: It it can show up as glitching, but not very often. Um, it's more like freeze frame you know
1: yeah. all kind of stuff or, or screen burn blur stuff yep. you know that's, is yeah.
2: It, is it the conic system you're working on you're
0: yeah. still gonna have that problem because that's ingrained in the digital but Kinex challenged me Nick. and uh, they said we did 3.9 kilometers you like the- a challenge Alex <laughs> and um, on our very first try my operations manager and I went out and did 4.1 What we haven't told them, and this video is supposed to be edited tonight, we just broke five kilometers on the pro site.
1: Oh, you heard it here first, LDO exclusive. Now,
0: there's a reason why that that we we did the flight um, a week ago, and there's a reason why the video didn't come out a week ago. I know why. No, unless you saw Mark's pictures of Mark's plane. He didn't get your plane in the back, did you? The plane lost, the elevator servo came unplugged from the airplane. And Mark had to do an outbound landing and ditch the plane in the woods. Ooh. We didn't find it till yesterday.
1: And <laughs> <laughs> so we elevator were
0: out there a week. Well, we were coming back. We were on our way. In fact, Mark was going, we were out. We were out just past five kilometers. And the plane started behaving very strange. It caught a crosswind. And Mark said, I'm going to turn around. If something's wrong. I'm turning around and coming back. And the plane, now he had HD video, but the plane just stopped responding. The, the elevator stopped responding, so it started dropping. So Mark found a field, and he aimed at as best he could at the base of the trees. Well, what we couldn't tell, because it's FPV, was that that field was actually a hillside. So the plane glided past the field and into the trees behind it. And uh, the way we got it back is going to be part of the video. Um, I actually got a, well, first we tried my pistol crossbow with a fishing line attached to it. And it just didn't have enough force to get up 100 plus feet where the plane was. So I went down. Now this is a nice thing. I live in the states. I can go down in the street and buy a gun. Um, I went down to Amherst Arms. Okay, it's literally. What is with you
1: Americans? You're all. Oh,
0: it's America! man.
4: shoot the tree down. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. so I didn't
0: buy a one. gun. I bought a a youth crossbow, a full size crossbow, but a youth youth. You know, it's for younger kids, but compact one. Yeah, well, it's not that compact. It's just it has a hundred fifty pound draw, uh, where a, a little kid isn't going to. It has a mechanism that you have to pull up, and it's about, it's really fifty pounds that you pull back, approximately, to get the thing to cock. But you know, you got a two hundred fifty pound draw. A little kid is not going to be, not, like a twelve year old kid's going to struggle with it. I say little kid, but we're not handing our, we're not handing three year olds weapons. I'll probably,
2: I'll probably struggle. It's not
0: that crazy. Um, but no, I went and bought, bought a full-sized crossbow, and then you unscrew the, the tip at the end, they're threaded on, and I threaded on a big, heavy bolt and tied fishing line to it, and Mark being um, a retired military, well, retired as in, like, I think he retires in three days now, officially, um, about to retire military, he's a better shot than me. So... Um, He went and shot the uh, the crossbow bolt through the booms of the airplane. The bolt turned sideways when he pulled the plane out.
2: Nice. Ah.
0: So yeah, so I'm going to do a video also on how I did that. The airplane retrieval gun made from a crossbow. Crossbows are legal in the UK. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: I just just get long
1: Yeah, Tony's a window cleaner. (laughs) So that's our answer. We don't shoot anything.
2: We just he just ring me up and I will get me big pole out.
0: No, that's yeah. yeah, but you still got to get the line. Tell
1: all the girls about it. Um, it. <laughs> yeah, see, like your your solution is buy a weapon, find someone who was in the military. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> the, only, <laughs> the only thing we could possibly get our whole hands on is the bolt. Neil, was that your dinner, or was that the um dishwasher saying? No, it's no. that was
4: actually my charge. I'm doing some charging as well for the. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's she's alive. charging some batteries up. You getting ready for the nationals? I am. I am at the nationals. Yes, and we should hopefully, if the delivery turns up, we'll have the new VAS stock there as well. So uh, should
3: be good. Those new wings.
1: I'd like to remind you, Neil, that this weekend is Tony's birthday.
4: I know. I know. I'm going to buy him something special.
1: Oh
2: yeah, bless you. A pint of beer, though. Oh
0: man.
1: RSSI, son and dad asks. Yeah. Is that how you got your plane back, I think? No, I mean, I actually,
0: think. um Mark and it was I a are
1: GPS tracker.
0: <laughs> no. Believe it or not, um the battery was dying um, on the airplane anyway. And the, the problem is is the Kinex is a power hog. We Mark set the airplane down and we went to the recording of the video where we set the plane down and went to the last couple frames. Where was it going? And we just walked it. The problem was, is it was a lot deeper into the woods than we thought. We tried to track it down to the video signal because it was still transmitting. But by the time we got, because we flew over a mountain range, by the time we went around the mountain and got to the plane, the video feed had died. So we had no battery on board the airplane. Because normally what we would do as we drive close, pull out the, the high gain antenna, aim it at where the plane was and get the GPS coordinates off of the airplane. Well, by that time, the battery had already died. So mm. we actually just went back to our recording and walked through the woods till we found it. Um, and uh, you know, it took us six days of, of, of searching, <laughs> of it, but I wasn't going to yeah. let that plane go. I mean, it has a lot of really good stuff in it. Um, and then when we, because we were going, it shouldn't be this deep. And then I, I was walking through a field and this is the other thing about this part of the country. It's awesome. I'm walking through the, uh, I'm walking up to this guy's driveway. Who's a half mile off the road. Um, and I asked him, can I walk through your land to find a lost drone? He's like, Oh sure. I hunt on this land. So uh, if I see one, what does it look like? I'll give you a call. And then after, um, after we located it, um, he's like, "Do you need some help? You know, getting it down. Do you need a ladder? Do you need this? Do you need... Oh no, we're going to shoot a crossbow at it. Uh, really? Do you need any bolts for it? Do you do? You, do you need any help? You know, in other words, he was. He's like, "I've got one too." You know, <laughs> it's a cool did, thing about the States.
4: Did you recall pulling it out of the tree as well with the crossbow?
0: No, because ah. we were in a hurry because we had a monstrous hailstorm coming through, and we wanted to oh, okay. plane. And literally, we rode back in the back of the guy's pickup truck that owned the owned the uh, field through his field with stuff over our heads to protect us from the hail.
4: Wow.
0: Yeah, so we were just interested in getting it the heck out of there. And um, of course,
2: the U.S. hail is ten times bigger than it's going to be
4: big golf balls.
0: Uh, it wasn't golf balls, but it was um, marble size. It wasn't, it wasn't friendly. So we, we were like, we're getting out of here. So yeah, that was, uh, our goal was to get that thing out of there quick. Um, you know, cause the hail would likely just damage the exposed cameras and that kind of stuff. So we're like, let's get it out of here. Let's get it out of the tree and just go. And I'm sure somebody will get a plane stuck in a tree that I will have plenty of t- plenty of time to shoot a video on how it works. You
1: know? (laughs) Um, I've just sent one of our moderators the link to join the chat because he wants to ask you a question. So um, Um, I've got, I've got, I've got, oh yeah, you do. Then I've got one.
2: Okay. Mine is how far off is HD? Do you think? Because it's it's not there, obviously there yet because of the price.
0: how, How
2: far off do you think it will be?
0: It, it actually is here, but yes, the price point is the problem.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: there are HD goggles. Fat Shark doesn't have them. No. Um, that's the thing. is, is I, I would never buy an HD system because my goggles are standard def. Exactly. There's no point I mean, in the the Fat Shark calls their goggles HD. And again, we're back to predatory advertising. They're not HD. They have an yeah. HDMI port that does yeah. not make them HD. No. I have the head plates, which have an HDMI port. They're better resolution than the Fat Sharks, but they're still not HD. When we did the HD test, we tested it on a 720p screen. We mounted in the back of Mark's car. Right. There are goggles like the Glyphs and the new Vuzix that do have that resolution. The problem is they are astronomically expensive. Yeah. I would expect it to be consumer grade in about... Two to three years. Yeah, I was going to say not quite three, yeah. but not. But it, it'll be two years before the price point comes down, and it won't be quite three before it's very proliferant, where a lot of people have it.
2: Yeah, because you need the HD goals. Then, you, of course, if you if you crash and smash the camera, they're they're a lot dearer than thirty quid, aren't they?
0: Yeah, they're they're everything's more expensive. Yeah, that, and there's they're just not. They're just not as easy to use because there's a the setup, there's the binding procedures, um, there's, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, now, granted, that's going to change too. That's going to get easier as well. Um, but HD, consumer grade HD is here, it's just expensive. Mm. Um, will it ever be 30 quid for a camera? No. Um, he said quit. Sorry.
2: <laughs> You're, I, I was gonna say dollars but
0: yeah well whatever i mean English. you guys are in the uk i'll, I'll speak your slang you know there you, go. you go go over to the states you speak, you speak proper like can you you know i when i went when i was over there i, I was like what the heck is a lowry what is like I, there, nobody here knows what a lowry is over there oh it's like it's a big truck like well, oh, somebody told me that you
1: know yeah a lorry yeah
4: yeah. Oh, Lori,
1: um, Yeah, sorry. NJ Tech yeah. asks um, ask, uh, you about latency and wants to know hit your potential ways to improve that issue on the Connect system.
0: The Kinex actually doesn't have a latency problem, believe it or not. Even oh, no, he's
1: here. Sorry, NJ, hey, no. I asked you a question. All right, hang on, I'll uh, ask my question, then you can repeat uh, what I just said. Um, Do you fly, A, do you fly UHF, and B, do you make your own antennas that are slightly better? If so, are you using Crossfire in making it any
0: better? Believe it or not, I I fly most commonly, and this is going to make you guys laugh, most commonly I fly 72 megahertz. Yeah
1: Tony remembers that when it was invented. He, he was actually Jack, friends with Marconi. Jack, Jack yeah.
0: do you,
2: do you want to come of... Saturday or do you want to <laughs> stay in your little flat?
0: No. <laughs> See, right. nobody flies 72 megahertz anymore. So the receivers are available, they're cheap, so are the radios. So I, I often fly 72 megahertz. Um, on my planes that fly longer distance, I use, um, I typically use 433 megahertz. Um, and that is my open LRS from Flytron that's going on six years old now. Um, and it's still kicking and it's still my favorite. But I use the exact same antennas on that Flytron that, I, that you can buy from a vendor. They're the exact same ones. Mine are not improved. They're the, the ones you can buy from vas are the exact same ones that i use and then the crossfire antennas i designed so of course i use those
3: yeah
0: <laughs> so i i but there is no improvement i actually use the um this what, what is the stock antennas effectively because they're my design <laughs> and i you know there That's is harsh, no real it. improvement
1: yeah right nj I'll ask your question
4: Hello. um, yeah, the a quick question was just about the the new hD systems right. Um, and really was was regarding the the kind of the latency uh, right. issue with with it you know being up at these hD levels. and and is there a way, uh, I don't know whether it's with compression technology or not to be able to reduce that latency?
0: Well, believe it or not, the Kinex <laughs> doesn't have any more latency, any more latency than the screen does. The connects is uncompressed HD. And I figured out the way it works. Each of those five antennas is an individual receiver. And so what happens is the, the si- signal is transmitted and it's encoded. Each part of that signal is encoded. And then each of those five an- five receivers pulls in a part of it. And as- then the processor inside assembles the signal. You know, it takes all the code from each receiver and assembles it. So there is a very, very, very small amount of delay in the reassembly, but it's not like compression and decompression. There's a very, very small lag there. Um, So the truth is the connects is about as fast as HD is going to get because you've got lag in the camera scan speed which is only 30 frames per second. If the camera would scan faster, say 60 frames per second, then you would see less lag. If um, your screen would refresh faster, so your screen would refresh at 60 frames per second as opposed to 30, that would decrease it. If you're using a faster screen, such as uh, the fat sharks are much faster than um, than my head plays that's gonna decrease your latency. So it's system latency overall. My head plays are laggy as heck. They're almost like, with analog video, they're almost an eighth of a second behind, you know? Mm-hmm. So when you hook a Connects to it, you start to see the lag a little bit.
4: So, so is, that, is that why, I mean, I know with these, this Connect system, you can actually run at the, uh, at, for instance, a 720 resolution, which is reduced, and then you can get a reduced lat- latency running that. Is that correct?
0: I believe that's correct, but I'm not entirely certain. I I only know what I've experimented with. Um, And I've kept it in HQ mode, which is high quality mode. I have not gone to the HP because we switched to the HP, the high performance, low lag, all that kind of stuff mode to do our distance run because we knew we could push it a lot further. And it looked like such garbage compared to the HQ mode that we stuck with the HQ mode. Um, it just, the H, the high performance, I would run analog before I ran the high performance mode in the Connects. It's, it doesn't, it offers zero advantages to run high performance mode. Um, if you're going to run HD, run HD properly, you know, otherwise run analog. Um, that, uh, now granted, that's my opinion. I'm sure there's plenty of people that disagree with me, but I mean, you bought an HD system, run it HD. Don't, I mean, it just, it when we went to the HP mode that it just it just looked bad, you know, compared to that beautiful seven hundred twenty p picture we were getting. And then it just went to like, ooh, you know? Mm,
4: right, gotcha. So
0: you know, and that's personal preference, but anything I have an H D video system on, it's because I want to take in the view. You know? So
4: that's really interesting, though. That the, uh, as you say, each of those antennas is is getting a part of it, and it's the la- the latencies in the reassembling as opposed to compression. There's there's actually no compression. I
0: think that's, that's right. The Clearview receiver. Interesting thing to know. The Clearview receiver from from Iftron Tech does the same thing. It has two receivers built in. It's not really diversity. It reassembles the signal between the two that come into the diversity to make the signal. So it it, it it's a similar thing. Um, it's a similar concept. And the reason you do that is because HD is very wide bandwidth. The wider the bandwidth, the less your sensitivities, uh, the less your receiver sensitivity can be. So by breaking the receiver up into five different receivers and then putting it back together, you can get three and four times the distance away that you could with one single receiver. Wowzers. Yeah, it, it's it's there's a it, again this is there's a lot of tech to this. It's not easy. I I speak to you about this stuff because I've been in in like into it up to my neck for the last six or seven years. So, Absolutely. all right,
1: guys, uh, we're gonna have to call it here soon. I've got one last cheeky question just to annoy Alex because he's been oh. such a great great guest. Do you still ground your audio? <laughs> <laughs> do you remember that?
0: Yes, I do. Yeah, I do. do you and still do it? Always ground my audio.
1: Okay. No, I crash
0: and rip the wire. If I rip the audio wire out of the transmitter, which I've done plenty of times, I don't bother soldering it back in. But yeah. when I build a wiring harness, I instinctively ground it. Um, and, even and though I fly on bands that nobody's near me. I fly on 2305 megahertz and, and 2396 that nobody has. So it's not bothering anybody. It just bothers me. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. No, I want to no. use as little bandwidth as possible. Um, as a ham radio operator, you're told to use, to use the band as responsibly as possible and use as little bandwidth and as little transmit power as you can. So that's what I try to do.
1: Do you get any perform better performance by doing that?
0: No. Uh, not that uh, I noticed. No. <laughs> I mean okay. but I'm not noticing the difference. So, right. Okay. It's really okay. it's really a courtesy to others is really why you do that.
1: Good man. Alright guys. Thank you so much. We've been joined by Video Aerial Systems, Alex I be Crazy.
2: Thank you, mate.
1: Is it Alex Greaves? Is that right? Did I pronounce it right? Greaves, Jerry
0: you
2: no know Sorry. Asking. But I don't,
1: you know, uh
0: look, you can call me whatever you want, just don't call me a jerk. If you do, it's Mr. Jerk to you. <laughs> if you're calling me a jerk, it's Mr. Jerk. Beyond that, I don't care. I'd be uh, jerk. Yeah. <laughs> We've
1: been joined by the, the wonderful uh, I drone, uh Neil you. Cody.
0: Hey, I'd just like you, to remind
1: right. it not a problem. We're always a pleasure to have you on. You're always welcome. Um, <laughs> don't forget, we have got a Patreon. Uh, it's Let's Drone Out. If you want to help keep this show uh, not sponsored, but you know. Uh, until we find a sponsor, we've always got IDrone looking after us, and we've always appreciated it. You've been there since the beginning, and just want yeah. to say thank you. Well, guys, around come join. Yep, um, yeah. I'm.
4: I'm. It's
0: a shame, yep, uh, but um, I'm, It it's a it's a limited, uh, unfortunately limited viewers. I, I understand the struggle.
1: <laughs> nah, it's all right. um, yep, and I'm joined by my heterosexual life mate Tony.
2: What's up? Thank you.
1: <laughs> uh, and not so efficient because he's listening on the show nj tech
4: hello just very late but <laughs> thanks for
1: that's
0: all time. right better late
1: than never <laughs> always a pleasure all right guys uh yeah i'm gonna stop the broadcast remember every thursday from about 8 p.m when we get everything working uh, um, <laughs> powering on and let's drone out and you know once i get the youtube sorted okay thank you guys and- well, hey, it's
0: late night where you are, but here I still have daylight, and this storm hasn't rolled through, so I'm going to go fly.
3: Hey, fly. Yeah. And I've got a few.